everyone, and welcome back to the Coach's Approach podcast, where we take an inside look at the coaching world. As always, I'm your host, George Gresco. If you don't know me by now, you can find everything you need to know uh, at thecoachesapproach.com. Today's episode of the Coach's Approach podcast, Rolling Out with Rosati, is brought to you by Coach's Dry Rub, the All-American Rub, laid on thick until it sticks, Anthony's Family Restaurant in Eastlake on the corner of 91 and Vine Street, where together is our favorite place to be, open for dining, carryout, and curbside pickup, the Well Barn Grill in Kirtland, come on in for some good food and a great time, last but not least, G&G Printing, Get your custom apparel printed in seven to 10 days or less. Dominate your design. Today in the coach's booth, we have the head football coach at West Geauga High School, Coach Matt Rosati. Coach, welcome to the show. George, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, I needed some uh, big heavy hitters for season two, so we had to get Coach Rosati on. I appreciate it. Coach, I'm going to start off with a quote you once said, and it was in one of the, I believe, News Herald articles that I read as I was doing some research on you. The quote is, how do you want to be remembered and how do you want to remember it? Can you explain what that quote means? Well, uh, definitely, George. So to me, history history matters. And uh, every kid that I've ever coached or really ever taught really three things are going to be brought up when you when you bring up a, somebody's somebody's name you're going to you're going to say if you bring up whosoever name you're going to say uh, you know what hey that was a great kid that i really really enjoyed being around that kid or or you're going to say who 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 are you talking about i don't remember that kid or you're going to say you know what that kid was a real headache so my the point that uh, behind the quote is how do you want to be remembered when people say your name how are they going to remember you and, and to me, that means everything from a coaching aspect of things. It's a very, very important point to try to drive home to kids today is how do you want to be remembered? No, I, no, I like that. And especially like when you get into it, Pete, you really want people to look back and say, that was a great guy. That was a great player. And now he's doing great things um, at the end of the day and out in the community. So that's, that's, that's a great quote, coach. Um, now I'm going to ask you the same question, coach, at the end of the day, how do you want to be remembered? Well, George, you know, there's more to that, that first quote, how do you want to be remembered and how do you want to remember it? And on the flip side of it, um, really, you're going to do one of three things at some point in your, in your life, somebody's going to ask you if you played football at some point in time, it's either going to be a friend, somebody you meet at college, where'd you go to school and did you play football? maybe someday your kid's going to ask you, daddy, did you play football? And uh, you're going to answer one of three ways. You're either going to tell the truth, uh, you're going to make an excuse, or you're going to lie. You know, how do you want to be remembered? Um, How do you want to remember it? How do you want to remember your football career? Uh, Do you want to look back and say, you know what, I played in a phenomenal program and we did some great things and I have absolutely no regrets about what I did on the football field? Or are you going to make an excuse? Or are you going to lie to somebody about what you did? And that's something that we really try to emphasize to our kids. When it comes to myself, uh, I can tell you from a football aspect of things, I live my life that way. I have absolutely no regret whatsoever about playing the game. I played as hard as I possibly could, and I, I let it all go on the field. And when I walked away for the last time, I had absolutely no regrets. I'll never say I wish I would have or I wish I could have. 
no, I, I walked away with no regrets. And I try to emphasize that to our kids. As far as me personally, um, how do I want to remember, um, you know, how do I want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as, as being a great teacher, somebody that was extremely dedicated, uh, somebody that loved uh, hanging out with, with the guys and doing things together. And, and um, I want to be remembered as a great leader and, and really as a great teacher. That's how, that's how I want to remember. I want to be remembered in that way. Oh, absolutely. And coach, that, that's one of the reasons I asked you to come on the show in the first place is I know what you've done for the coaching community, for your players. Um, I, I've watched you as I grew up in the coaching world as a player in high school. I watched you when you were at West Yaga. I, I believe in one of your last years um, at um, Perry or when you first got hired at Perry, I was over at Kenston. I think you, I was on that staff and you were with uh, Luke Farrell and whatnot. So I've seen what you've done for the coaching community. And um, no, I can't thank you enough for that. But um, getting into your first stint as a head football coach at West Geauga, uh, you were at West Geauga for 11 seasons from 1996 to 2006. Uh, your overall record during that time was 69 and 41 uh, that's according to the News Herald. So if I got that wrong, <laughs> that's on, that's on Mr. John Camp. <laughs> All right. Um, where am I at here? Uh, you, you are still the Wolverines' all-time winningest coach in football. When you first became a head coach, what would you say your keys to success were? Well, um, when I took over, uh, first off, uh, I took over for. Uh, uh, Coach Don Schutz, and Don Schutz is one of the, the greatest men that I've ever I've ever been around, and uh, he really emphasized the concept of a family uh, that football is family, and that's one thing that I really wanted to try to emphasize at West Yaga that football was family, and I tried to follow Coach Schutz in 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 that um, in that mind frame of making football family to, to have it matter in that way. The one thing that I I was able to do that I really wanted to to try to emphasize was uh, building a bond with these kids that uh, we were going to do everything together uh, during school, out of school, it didn't matter. We were gonna form a life bond. And I can tell you, George, to be quite honest with you, you know, coming back, um, you know, to West Yaga 15 years later, uh, the, the kids that, uh, you know, the guys that I, I had the opportunity to coach back at West Yaga 30 some years ago, uh, to see them, to have them call me and text me, and 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 uh, it just makes uh, everything so worth it. That I I did have an impact on these kids, and we did have a bond that that will last forever. And that was the number one thing that I really wanted to try to emphasize as being a head coach was to build a bond with my guys that would stand the test of time. It didn't matter if we won or if we lost. It, it really it really didn't have a, an, a, an effect. Uh, some of the greatest kids that um, you know that have turned out to be outstanding men. We didn't have very successful teams when we started, but uh, we, we built the foundation and they are known as the guys that built the foundation for us to have success later on. And they, they share in that same success that they're proud to be West Java Wolverines. That was something that we really, really wanted to try to build. Uh, and and we, were, we were able to do so. That's fantastic. And, and if you build out those bonds, those kids will run through, you know, run through a brick wall for you at the end of the day. And that's, and that's what it's all about. Um, now, coach, do you, do you have advice uh, for someone who wants to become a head coach? Uh, definitely. Uh, well, first off, it, it's not an easy thing. 
So if you are, I like to refer to it as if you're going to be a lifer, and if you're going to get into this life, if you want to do this for a long time, there are certain things that you're going to have to do. And the most important thing is, uh, in my opinion, and this is strictly my opinion, you need to be a phenomenal teacher. And if you're, if you're a phenomenal teacher, no matter what happens, uh, your school district is going to want you. They're not going to want to lose a good teacher. So if you have a bad year, uh, hey, you know what? People live with it. Kids will respect you. And uh, it's very, very difficult to um, get rid of a good teacher. And, um, you know, so I, I would always emphasize to young coaches, hey, be the best teacher in your building. Uh, win the kids. Win the kids over. If the kids are willing to go to bat for you because they love you as a teacher, uh, it'll be so much easier to be able to coach them and, 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 and treat every kid the same. It didn't matter if they're a football player or soccer player. It never mattered to me. I never wanted to be viewed as uh, as the football coach. I just wanted to be, you know, viewed as Mr. Rosati, the teacher by by everybody. Obviously, my football players, um, you know, we had a special bond, but I never I never tried to show favoritism towards them. And 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 you know, over the years, kids respected me for that. That I, I treated them exactly like I would treat any other student during class. But um, so my advice to any anyone that wants to go into this profession, be the very best teacher you can be and um, good things will happen. Nobody's ever gonna wanna get rid of a good teacher. But if you're, if you're just there to coach football, then the second something goes wrong, you know, you know bon voyage, they're, they're not gonna want any part of you. It's an easy way to get rid of you. But if you're yeah. a great teacher, you'll always have a job. No, I like that coach. And then from 1999 to 2003, the West Yaga football team won two CBC titles, uh, had four straight playoff appearances, and in 2003, you went 11-1 overall. What would you say motivates a good football team? Well, at that point in time, they were self-motivated. We had built the foundation where uh, it was just a lifestyle that we had. We, we lifted every day. We, we, we did the little extras. We were outstanding in the classroom. There was a standard that kids did not want to let each other down. And it was just, I never, I never ever had to, you know, tell a kid you need to come lift. No, they did it on their own. And that's when I knew we were, we were really, really going to become very, very good because these kids were self-motivated. We, we didn't have to, you know, yell at a kid. They, they, they took care of each other. They, they demanded the best from each other. And that's when I knew we were going to, uh, you know, that we were headed for some, some great, great things uh, because they were very self-motivated. We didn't have to do anything. It was just an expectation. And they set that expectation, that bar for the other classes to follow. And nobody wanted to let, um, you know, the other class down. We, they, sure. they expected each other to play uh, and represent the school at that level. No, that's right. Now, you just answered what motivates good teams. What would you say tears teams apart? Uh, well, George, the number one thing that tears teams apart is selfishness. If, if you have selfish guys, if they're more concerned about where the party is after the game, if they're more concerned about uh, you know, how many touches they're going to get or, or uh, did you get me on film there, if uh, teams like that, teams that lie, teams that don't tell the truth, guys that you have to worry about what they're doing in class. Those are not fun teams to coach. And though it's a guaranteed, if you have to uh, deal with issues like that, if you don't take care of it right off the bat, uh, if you don't instill the values that you need to be successful, 
it, it will tear your team apart and it just makes it miserable for everybody. So I always like to say, you know, back to that quote, how do you want to be remembered and how do you want to remember it? I can guarantee you every team that you've ever been on, the great teams that you were on, you, you remember why they were a great team. And if any team that you, if you ever hated coaching a team or being on a team, I guarantee you remember exactly what made it a bad team. So I try to emphasize that to our guys that, uh, you know, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered as a team that uh, didn't, didn't achieve, that was talented, but, you know, couldn't get along? Or do you want to be remembered as being overachievers, guys that could get along and got great things done? So it's very important. Yes. Guys that are, are uh, selfless are going to be guys that, that uh, are going to be successful in life. Oh, that's great, Coach. Man, you're getting me fired up over here. <laughs> um, coach, in 2007, uh, you left West Geauga to take the Perry High School head coaching job, uh, home of the Pirates. What was the reasoning for leaving West G, especially after, because you were, you, you, were you were doing successful things at West Geauga during that time. Uh, it's not like you were losing and then left. It's You were winning games and you were establishing your program. So what made you leave West Geauga to head to Perry? Well, George, it came down to really one thing. And um, I was at West Jaga for 17 years. I was there um, as an assistant for six years and I was the head coach for 11 years. And I loved West Jaga. I, I was, uh, and anybody that, that knows me knew I was West Jaga through and through. Um, I, I truly love my time uh, and I love those kids. And it was the hardest thing that I've ever had to do, but it came down to the simple fact that I was going to be able to make, I, I was successful. And because of that, it opened an opportunity uh, for me to, um, you know, Perry came and, and basically offered me close to $20,000 more a year and the opportunity for my children to attend the school district uh, that I would teach in. Where at West Jaga at that point in time, they didn't have open enrollment. And I was gonna basically, I, I have three children and and at that time, two of my three were in school and it would be roughly, probably around $8,000 a year for me to send them to West Geauga because they didn't have open enrollment. Where Perry said, hey, you know, you can bring your kids, teachers, kids can come. And I was gonna make a lot of money and it was gonna be, it came down to George, to be quite honest, it would have been selfish of me not to go to Perry because if I would have stayed at West Jog, it was because I wanted to do so, but I had 17 more years to teach. And, you know, if you factor $20,000 over 17 years, that would, you know, most likely get my kids through college. And um, so even though it hurt me so much to, to do that, um, you know, I, I did it and I did it for my family and I, I have no regrets in that aspect. I love my time at Perry. The kids have been phenomenal. Um, I'm very, very proud of what we accomplished at Perry. I tried to build on the legacy of Coach Ridley. I, I believed I did everything I could to try to, um, you know, enhance his his uh, memory. And um, but and I, I bottom line was I, I left because of money and, and for my my kids to have the opportunity to go to Perry. All three of my children will have graduated from Perry. So. Um, you know, I'm very, very thankful for that, for that opportunity. Very thankful for the district to give me the opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, you can't blame yourself for leaving for financial reasons and to your family. So <laughs> then a day you made the right decision. Um, coach, while, while at Perry, you racked up a record of 111 and 43. 
You had six CVC titles, 10 playoff appearances, four regional finals, and one state final four. How, how, did, what would you say, um, how, might, I'll word it a little better. How were you able to stay so consistent winning and making the playoffs year in, year out? What, how, how were you so consistent? Well, George, it came down to, and something for a young coach to keep in mind, because when you're young and you don't have children, you have a different outlook on things. So when I was a head coach, I became a head coach at West Yoga at age 28. So I was, you know, a, a very young head, head football coach. And I, and my wife and I, we didn't have children yet. And, um, you know, so my, my viewpoint on uh, youth programs and things like that, I really didn't know. But once um, I did have, once I went to Perry, my son was about to enter uh, youth football. And it was very important for me to make sure that everything was established, that, that it was organized. I wanted it organized. And, you know, so I really invested a great deal of time to make sure that the youth football program was going to be run in a, in a professional manner. And I was so very blessed to have outstanding people uh, running the youth program. People like, uh, you know, and many of them are still involved with, with youth football, Lane Richards, um, Mindy Allen, Matt Sullivan, Mark Schiano. They were phenomenal people to get the youth program going. And that's the reason why we won because we, I knew every single kid uh, really basically from a selfish aspect of things, my son was coming through. So I, I knew I was there all the time. I knew all these kids and, um, you know, I knew what they could do, what they couldn't do. And, and we were able to build a real, real solid bond. And I would really recommend to any, any, any football coach at any football program, regardless your age, invest your time in your youth. If this is going to be something that you want to do for a while, you know, make sure that your youth program is, uh, is rock solid. And in today's world, flag football, making sure that you encourage the game of football at, at no matter what they do. But we were successful because I had a great youth program. I have, I had outstanding football coaches uh, at the high school level, at the middle school level. Um, and we had really good players. We developed really, really good players. So, um, you know, but uh, like I said, I had an outstanding staff and the youth program was a major reason why we were successful for so long and we were so consistent. Absolutely. And getting into the, some of the players that you've coached over the years, as we mentioned already, Luke Farrell played tight end Ohio State, now playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I still believe. Uh, Jalen Anderson, he set running back records. Uh, Drew Shiano, he set high school quarterback records. Um, so you've coached some really good players over your time. And I'm probably missing a whole bunch of them, but who would you say is the best player that you have ever coached? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. George. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can say, um, you know, uh, the best football player, high school football player that I ever coached. Um, you know, it, there are so many names that I could mention. Um, the Sharp boys, the Warlord brothers, uh, John Sharp and Micah Sharp were two great football players from West Chicago back in the day. Guys like uh, Matt Comar, uh, one of the toughest kids I've, I've ever, I've ever seen probably the best football player. You know, there was Pat McDonald, uh, Charlie McDonald, Andy McDonald, the McDonald brothers from West Jaga, probably the best football player I ever coached at West Jaga was probably Ryan Cleave. Uh, Ryan's going to actually be coaching with us this year. Uh, he went on to play at Fordham university and he was a phenomenal leader and a phenomenal football player at Perry. I had, I had, you mentioned some guys, you know, Luke Farrell and, 
And uh, Anthony Kukwa was a kid that was a phenomenal player for us. Guys like Mike Hanhauser, who scored 40 touchdowns in a, in a season, was uh, a News Hero Player of the Year. Um, Josh Petroselli, who uh, is the third all-time leading rusher in Mount Union history, who just graduated, who's, oh. you know, hoping to be drafted this, uh, you know, the great thing, George, would be if Luke Farrell was drafted last year, if, if Josh Petroselli could get drafted this year, we'd have back-to-back -back guys in the draft, and that, that would be impressive. Kids like Jacob Allen, Andy Foley, we, we had, some, Drew, you mentioned Drew, Drew Shiano, you know, threw for 43 touchdowns and three interceptions in a, in a season, so yep. I've been very, very blessed to have some great players, and you mentioned Jalen. Uh, Jalen was probably the most talented kid that that I that I ever have have witnessed, um, and you know he's hopefully things go well for Jalen at West Virginia, and uh, you know his hopefully he'll be able to make it in, into the league as well. So absolutely, Coach. Let's talk about March of 2020 a little bit. Uh, COVID struck, and we went into lockdown. Uh, schools closed. Uh, sports were halted. Can you talk about what it was like for you coaching through the COVID pandemic? George, I didn't handle it well, to be quite honest with you. The hardest thing about the whole COVID experience was that everything we based our entire program on was bonding and doing things together and <laughs> building that unity. And we didn't have the opportunity to do that. And it was impossible to do over a Zoom meeting. And all the things that made us special, in my opinion, uh, we lacked. And, and during the season, it, it just wasn't the same. It was, I'll be quite honest, it was not fun at all. You never had any idea what was going to happen, who was going to be able to play, who wasn't going to be able to play, was your opponent going to be able to play. It was just truly, uh, to be quite honest with you, a very miserable experience. And it wasn't what high school football, um, you know, is all about. And uh it was very, very difficult. And, you know, we like to say, you know, nobody cares, don't make excuses. Well, you know, it was very, very difficult to deal with. And, and still we had a season to play, but like I said, it wasn't the same because we weren't able to do the things that, that we always did. And um, it, it was tough for the kids. It just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same experience. And, and um, you know, I really feel bad about that, but uh, it was a miserable experience to be honest. No, I, and I agree with you. When I, I was coaching out at Middlefield Cardinal and, you know, it was, I was dealing with things that weren't fun for me. It was like wearing a mask. I was more focused on outside things than actually coaching football and enjoying it, you know, and it was just a tough, tough go around. So I, I pray that it, this doesn't happen to any other coaching staff ever again. So but um, coach, in 2020, uh, it was a shortened season. Uh, the Perry Pirates went five and two overall, and uh, five and zero oh in the conference. Uh, at the end of the season, you des you decided to step away from the game and retire from coaching. Uh, what ultimately led to you stepping away from coaching? Well, George, to be uh, honest with you, and 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 I, I've stated this you know a few times. I have uh, my youngest daughter is um, she's going to be a senior this upcoming year. So uh, in her sophomore year during the COVID year, uh, she's a tennis player and, um, and, and she's, she had some success that I didn't really expect that she was going to have. And I always prided myself on being at all of my kids things. So my oldest daughter, Callie was a basketball player. So I never had an issue, you know, seeing her basketball games during football season. My son, Anthony played for me 
and uh, now plays at Washington and Jefferson College in Pennsylvania. So I, I never had any trouble seeing his stuff because he played football and basketball. But my youngest daughter, Nicolette, uh, she is a tennis player and tennis happens the same time football does. So uh, it was very difficult for me to be able to go see her play. And as her season went on, she started having a great deal of success and I wasn't able to see it. I'd be running out of practice driving, you know, and I get there right when it was over and things like that. So I felt really guilty about the fact that I, I wasn't able to see my youngest daughter play. Um, the fact that my son was going to play college football as well. Um, and I, I was just at the point that I thought, you know, Hey, I've had enough. It's, it's time to, to move on. I want to go see my son play without feeling guilty about missing a JV game. And, and uh, I want to be able to watch my youngest daughter play. And that was really what, what um, drove me to, to stepping down was the fact that, you know, I, I felt guilty that I needed to go see, you know, my, my daughter play and I needed to, you know, you know, not have any hesitation about going to see my son play. So that was the reason why I stepped down. I, I love the kids. And, and like I said, it, it, it had nothing to do with anything but those facts. Uh, um, so I thought, I, you know, hey, I, I did enough. I had enough. Um, let somebody else go ahead and step in and, and go ahead and get things going. So that, that was my rationale. All right. Now, can you talk a little bit about how life was for you after you stepped away from the game? Yeah, it, it was miserable. So uh, life for me without football uh, was very, very difficult. And, uh, you know, for 30, 34 years as a coach, uh, you, you have a routine, you have an expectation, you do certain things at a certain time. And uh, my schedule was way off. And, um, you know, so much so that, you know, my daughter, my youngest daughter that I would want to go watch and, and uh, you know, watch her play and things like that. I was, you know, just a nightmare as a dad because, you know, I wanted to be involved in everything, you know, let's go practice, let's go do this, let's go do this, let's go do this. And, you know, I, I, I have horrible body language when, when uh, I don't say a word when I watch her play, but, you know, I, I would roll my eyes and I would, you know, you know and, and it just drove her nuts beyond comprehension. So, you know, at some point in time, she was like, dad, why don't you, why don't you go coach or do something, uh, you know, leave me alone, basically. And, you know, and I, I really did miss, uh, I really did miss being around the kids and uh, I, I missed the, it's just a routine that bottom line, it's a routine that is, is what you're made of and, and being away from that. It's the only thing I know how to do, George. It's the only thing that I, I know, I know how to teach and I know how to coach other than that. I, and, you know, I, I enjoy cutting the grass. So that's pretty much uh, the highlights of my life. I can teach, I can coach, and I can cut grass, but you can only catch so much grass. Um, so, you know, it's time for me uh, to, to get back to doing what, uh, you know, really what I, I, I feel that, that I'm good at. Too funny. I, I actually had uh, Coach Tom McDaniels on the show, uh, former Canton McKinley coach. Sure. And he, he's now retired and away from the game, and he actually still says – he, he got hired on a golf course cutting grass. So he said, that's one thing he enjoys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, not, e not even a year later, the West Yaga job opened. Uh, you got announced the he new head football coach at West Yaga High School on December 29th, 2021. The newspapers read, Rosati's coming home. 
Um, when, when did you know you were headed back to West Yaga? Well, uh, George, to be honest with you, um, you know, there, there were, uh, early December, there were rumors that, um, um, coach Sop wasn't going to be coming back, uh, at West Yaga. And, um, you know, if I would, there was questions if I would have interest in coming back. And, and I, I made the statement that if I was going to come back, there would be only one place I would want to come back to. And, and that would be to West Yaga that, um, you know, really, you know, with the help of a great coaching staff over the years that I'm able to actually bring back now, um, you know, we build a program that, uh, uh, you know, had an impact. And, um, and like I said before, I, I loved West Yaga. It, it was truly was home to me. I was there 17 years and, and, uh, you know, all the people, uh, all the people that I had the opportunity to coach and teach and, and to think about possibly coming back. Uh, if I, like I said, if I was going to come back, it would be West Java is what I would, I would really, really love to do. And, um, you know, it, it would give me purpose. It would give me motive, motivation. And, um, you know, to be the leader of the West Java Wolverines is truly what I, what I, uh, I, I would love nothing more to have the opportunity. So, um, you know, uh, coach, Mr. Stewart called me and, and we had a nice conversation and I said, you know, I'll help you in any way that I can find the right guy. And, um, you know, if, if you want me, that's great. I still have one more year to teach before I can retire. Uh, so from a pension aspect of things, I need to teach at Perry for one more year. And that's not an ideal situation. A head coach, in my opinion, a head coach should be in the building, but if they were willing to live with that for one year and you know, I'd like to come back and teach and coach again at West Java. And if, if they were able to, you know, maneuver to, to do that in the future, then I would definitely have interest in coming back. And, and um, because to me, history matters. And uh, these kids need to know about guys like Ryan Cleave. They need to know about the McDonald's. And, you know, I find it interesting that they have no idea who those guys are. And it's not their fault. It's my job to teach them about the history of the program. And because someday they're going to be talked about. And it's, uh, I want to be, I want them to be remembered in a good way. Uh, not, you know, people saying who, uh, so that was very important to me. Absolutely. And I hope history repeats itself for you, coach. Um, what was it like to be back at West Yog and walking the halls where it all began for you? What was it like your first meeting with the team? What was it like for you? Uh, my first meeting with the team, uh, it was, it was a special special thing. I, I tried to establish a couple concepts. Number one was, uh, you know, West Java, we do, we do, uh, you know, one thing, no matter what, as a man, you look somebody in the eye when you shake their hand. And that was the first thing that, uh, that we established right off the bat that you're going to, uh, you know, a, a man will look you in the eye and shake and give them a good firm handshake. So we established that. And then I, I informed them of a chant that, that we had back in the day and we will have again, good, better, best, never let it rest till you're good as you're better and you're better as you're best. And that's the expectation that we're gonna have at West Jaga. And, and uh, I wanted them to know how, how pumped up and how determined um, I am now and as determined as I was in the past that we're going to wake up the echoes of, of the West Jaga Wolverines and they're gonna know their history because uh, a football program that doesn't know its history uh, isn't going to be a very, very good football program. No. It's just my opinion. You give me goosebumps over here, coach. <laughs> um, 
Now, now being back at West Geauga for the second time, is there anything you'll do differently program wise now in your second stint at West G? Definitely. Yeah. I think I, I alluded to it earlier, George, like uh, from a youth aspect of things, I'm going to make sure that uh, I have a, a heavy hand in, in development of youth football. And especially, uh, like I said, um, from a flag football aspect of things, incorporating uh, the flag uh, game into just to have kids play. It doesn't matter if they're playing tackle or flag, whatever. But uh, like I said, when I was young, I really didn't understand how the importance of making sure that your youth program was developed, where when I did have a son uh, playing youth football, I, have, I was heavily invested and I saw the dividends that it would pay. So I'm definitely gonna go ahead and take the interest and, and make sure that the youth program is established and um, you know, that it's in a good place. So, you know, when, when I drop dead or when I, you know, when I, when I finally do that, decide to retire for real, then it's gonna, the program's gonna be in real good shape and that, um, you know, whoever takes over is gonna, is gonna be able to, uh, you know, have a really good situation. Absolutely. And coach, I'm not sure if this has ever been done before, but you are 31 wins away from having 100 wins at two different schools, Perry and West Geauga. If and when you get to that point of 100 wins at West Geauga, what would that mean to you? Um, to be honest with you, George, it means everything to me. It is definitely a motivating factor for me. I do want to get to 31 wins. I do want to have, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I have a, a great um uh, unbelievable stat guy, uh, um, De Dennis, uh, our stat guy, uh, Dennis Gontra from, uh, he lives in Madison, but he's been with us uh, for the past, at Perry for the past uh, uh, 11 years, uh, he was with us. Um, and he, he, he told me that he's like, hey, I don't think a coach, uh, a coach in Ohio high school history has ever had 100 victories at two different schools. And, and uh, you know, I thought, wow, you know what, I, that's, I want to do that. And I want to get 31 victories at West Chog. And I do want to have a hundred, hundred wins at two different schools. So that is a motivating factor to me. So I, I am aware of that stat and, and um, it gives me something to do, <laughs> something to work towards. So um, I feel very strongly that every coach needs something to work for. And that's something that I'm going after George. Absolutely, Coach. And, you know, I looked it up and even in other states, I, I still couldn't find and even in other states of a coach getting 100 wins at two different schools. So that's pretty awesome. Um, coach, we're, we've hit the point in the show called Rapid Fire 7. So I'm not sure if you've seen the show at all, but I will ask you seven random rapid fire questions and just answer them as quick as possible. They're pretty simple. Right. Questions. Sounds like fun, George. <laughs> all right. I like that. All right, Coach, you ready? I'm ready. Randy Moss or Terrell Owens? Randy Moss. Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock? The Rock. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> ACDC or Metallica? ACDC. <laughs> Snowman or Snow Angel? Snowman. <laughs> Ford or Chevy? Uh, tough one. Uh, Chevy. Well, I'm going to take a drink real quick. <laughs> All right. And then what would you say is the best football number to wear? The best football number to wear? Um, the best football number to wear is 
Oh, one. One is well, the best. Number one, huh? Number one. That's number one in our program, George, has a, has a big meaning. So it, we give number one to the kid that uh, works the hardest, uh, that's the most dedicated. Number one is the jersey, is the <laughs> no, best number to wear. And that's what it's all about, you know, uh, having some fun, talking some football. Um, coaches, we near the end of the show. I always ask this to every coach on the show. Uh, who is Coach Rosati for the listeners and viewers who might not know you? Who is Coach Matt Rosati? Uh, Coach Matt Rosati is someone that has prided himself his entire life to be a great role model. Uh, so no matter what can ever be said, as far as my coaching ability, the number one thing that I pride myself on, and I tell every parent that I've ever you know, coached their, their kids, boy or girl, the number one thing I can say is that I will never, ever disrespect your son or daughter. No matter what the situation is, I will promise you, I will never disrespect your son or daughter. The day that I do, I will quit. I will, I will walk away. And uh, I pride myself uh, on that fact. And uh, like I said, I may be, I may not be the best coach in the world, but I'll never disrespect your child. And um, I always prided myself on being a great role model and being a great teacher and, um, and being a great father. Uh, everything I do uh, really is based upon that. I want to be a great role model. I want to be a great father. And I, I truly do want to, I never want to disrespect a child. No, absolutely. Coach, I thank you so much for spending some time with me and coming on the show. So I really appreciate your time. Well, George, it's been an honor. I really appreciate you taking the, uh, the time to ask me some questions. And hopefully I, I, I gave you something worthwhile. No, absolutely. Like I said, you gave me some goosebumps and some, you know, motivation got me up for you know, late night of editing everything. So got me excited. There you go. All right. All right. Um, but that's going to do it for today's episode of the Coach's Approach podcast. Please continue to like, share, follow, and subscribe. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can also listen in on Anchor and Spotify. Uh, also, please check out our new website. It has everything on there. Um, as always, I'm your host, George Gresco. Please tune in next week, and we'll see you guys later. Welcome to The Coach's Approach, a podcast where we sit down with high school coaches and get the cold, hard facts about the high school coaching world. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk X's and O's. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk the X's and O's. Win the day or dominate the day. The choice is 